This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. My name is Mike, and I'm one of the pastors here, and we're glad you spent this morning, chose to spend this morning with us. Uh, the coffee's good, and the preaching might be. Matthew chapter 4, we're going to start reading in verse 4, just, just a short verse here this morning. It says, Jesus is being tempted in the desert. Some of you think if you're being tempted, you're doing something wrong. Sometimes being tempted means you're in the right place. I don't have time to go there today, but it said the Spirit of the Lord led Jesus to the desert. Some of you are like, man, it's been a tough year already. It's only a few weeks in. Listen, if you're in a dry place, that might not be a bad place. Sometimes God's going to get you through something uh, before he can get you where he wants to get you. Sometimes there is purpose in the pain and in the journey. And Jesus is in a desert to launch himself and uh, here he's being tempted, and there's this epic battle, this, uh, this, this WWF battle royale happening, and he is the champion. But in verse 4, he says this, being tempted. He says, but Jesus told him, no, my name is no, my number is no. A temptation, you better let it go. If you don't get that, you're probably old like me. All right. No, the scriptures say that people, people do not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. This morning, we're continuing our series on voices, hearing the voice of God. We started this series because as, as, a, as on this journey as a pastor, really as a disciple of Christ, I hear all the time, how do I know God's voice? Listen, I, I feel like maybe I want to do this. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to do that. How do I know when I'm supposed to take that job or go to that school? Or how do I know she's the one or he's the one? Or what am I going to do with my life? And the most number one thing Googled is, why am I here? What am I on earth for? And we believe hearing the voice of God solves a thousand problems. We believe God's alive, number one. We believe God speaks, number two. Can someone say amen? amen. We serve a living God, and he speaks. And we want to help you understand the voice of God. Week one, we talked about the whisper of God, take a breath. That sometimes it's not in the chaos, it's not in the miracles, it's not in the, the loudness, but Scripture taught us that in the quiet, still moment, it said God whispered, and God's whisper is when God speaks. Sometimes, you know, when you whisper, it's not your vocal cords, it's just your breath to whisper. And the breath of God, Scripture teaches us, always brings life. And sometimes the biggest things with the biggest impact start as a whisper. It could be a thought, a dream, it could, be, it could be a circumstance, it could be something, just something quiet. This church was once a whisper. I told the story of landing in Philadelphia and this whisper, landing in Baltimore and this whisper said, hey, it's time to, to move on, it's time to dream again, it's time to start a church. My relationship with my wife started as a whisper. So many things start and God wants to speak in the quiet moments. Last week we talked about it's all about location, about lost in translation, that God will speak in community in a position of serving. Samuel said, God, here I am, your servant, that when you find yourself in the right place, connected to God's people, serving in his house and his plan, God will speak to you. There's another passage in scripture where, where Jesus was at a wedding and his mother said, hey, we need a miracle here. And it said, she said to the servants, whatever he says, this is where Nike got it from, just do it. Just do it. It's interesting, she spoke to the servants, and Jesus spoke to the servants. Jesus, as Nicole said, is still speaking to servants. And if you're in the right place, location of serving, connected to God, he'll speak to you about your life. And today, as we continue this series, I want to talk on this title for the next few minutes, Word. Look at your neighbor and say, Word. 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 Write that title down somewhere, taking notes. Who, where are my note takers in church today? You're my favorites, the rest of you. 
Shame. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, God, that you're doing something so good. Father, we thank you for every life, Father. And I pray every need that's represented here, financial, physical, relational, emotionally. Father, whatever the needs are today, Father, we would hear you whisper to our life. Father, we pray that you would step in and intervene. Father, we pray for these next few minutes that you would do what you can and help the Eagles win tonight. And everybody said? I like history. Anybody else like history? It was my, one of my favorite classes because I hate math, number one. Anybody else hate math? Yeah, it just it doesn't add up, I know. And uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't want to subtract from the, uh, from the service at all. Anyway, I'm going to keep moving. I don't want to divide the crowd. Um, if you're not catching this, you need to stop by our coffee bar. Uh, it'll help the jokes. Trust me, folks, if you're awake. Otherwise, you're not going to get the humor. But, um, but I like history, and I like modern history. I like uh, moments of history. And one of my favorite people in history, not so much because of his character, but because of his leadership, was John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy is one of my favorite presidents, and I've seen where, he, where he's uh, uh, got married in New York. I've seen where uh, his life ended in Dallas, and, and, and I followed his life and followed documentaries and the Cuban Missile Crisis. I just love history. And talking about the voice of God, talking about hearing God's voice, and I'm reminded of this story that I, that I heard in 1997, uh, Billy Graham probably the most world-famous pastor and evangelist in history, in modern history, a man of character and, and reputation, a man of, of great skill. He writes in his book, Just As I Am, of, of how he had a relationship with John F. Kennedy, and they had met, and they'd actually played golf together, and one day they were at a prayer breakfast in Washington, D.C., and I was just in Washington, D.C. a few, few weeks ago and had a chance to see everything that D.C. is, the White House and the monuments and he was coming out of a prayer breakfast and talking to the president. The president said, hey, why don't you come back to the White House? I want to talk to you about something. And at that moment, Billy Graham was dealing with the flu bug, and he said, I didn't want to expose the president to the flu. So he said he excused himself said, another time. It was the, near the end of November, middle of November, 1963, that it says that in prayer, Billy Graham felt like he heard a voice of God, and he felt like he had this inclination saying, uh, send a warning to the president, his upcoming trip to Dallas, he felt like there was something wrong with the trip and he shouldn't go. I don't know if you ever heard this story. He called the, uh, a mutual friend, a senator, and said, hey, can you get a hold of the president, tell him I want to talk to him. And, and the, the senator thought it was about rescheduling a golf game, so he never gave him the message. Billy Graham says it was only two weeks later the president went to Dallas, and if you know your history, it was there at, at the end of November in 1963 that he was assassinated in the streets of Dallas, in his motorcade. And Billy Graham says, I often wonder what would have happened if I had gone back to the White House and talked to him, or if my message had gotten through. He said, all I wanted to tell him was, don't, this is the quote, President, don't go to Dallas. Here's my thought today. The voice of God, lives depend on us hearing the voice of God. Others' lives and our own lives. Listen to me, the best thing you can do for your children, your marriage, your future, is hear God's direction for your life. The best thing we can do for our city, our schools, our government, our leaders, is to hear the voice of God. I often wonder when evil things happen or bad things happen, instead of blaming God, was God speaking, but maybe we weren't listening. Can you hear me now? I believe God is always speaking, and as Billy Graham in prayer heard that warning, I find that fascinating, don't you? I want to let you know today that God wants to get his word to you so we can get it through you to help somebody today. Here's the truth today that I want to leave you with is at some point, most people, this is the truth, 
most people settle for secondhand spirituality. This is what I've realized in life. Most people get to a point where they just settle for secondhand spirituality. I don't know if you grew up in a large family, but you get hand-me-downs of clothes or sports equipment. You get secondhand. It's like, you know what? I'm going to base it on someone else. And we settle. Many people don't hear God for themselves. They wait for someone else to get inspired. Make no mistake, I believe you can hear God through people, through a podcast, through a message, through a neighbor. We talked last week about God many times will speak through community. You can hear through your leaders and your friends, those rubbing shoulders with as you're loading a truck or helping Innova kids or at your lunch break or at your work. But I want to encourage you, many people stop and settle for secondhand spirituality when God wants to speak to you. You know, I didn't grow up in church. Listen, God wants to speak to you. As a church, we're determined to let you know you don't need to settle for just waiting for someone else telling you where to go, what to, what to do, what God's plan is for your life. God wants to speak to you in your quiet place, in your mourning, in your chaos, in the middle of your life with all that you got going on. Speak to you because one word from God can change everything. God wants to speak to you today. He wants to speak to you. In Matthew 4, we read it today. It says, man cannot live by bread alone or donairs or pizza or donuts but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know what I've realized is many times we have a culture that's chasing what they're missing. Have you noticed that yet? You know what's missing? It's not, it's not a new car. It's not a new home. It isn't a fast thing you get that new car, and after four months, they update the car, and all of a sudden the 218s come out, and you're like, whoo, they changed the lights. I want that car now. All of a sudden you get that, that house or that apartment, you get it furnished, and then two years later, Ikea comes into town, and you're like, oh, okay, we need to update everything. Why? Because things don't satisfy. The Bible says man cannot live by bread alone, which means things that are temporary, things that are just here today and gone tomorrow, it will never satisfy. And we have a world chasing completeness. They're chasing satisfaction. Mick Jagger said it best, I can't get no satisfaction. You know what? There's some truth in that. So many people, even in church, are saying, I don't know what it is. I'm just missing something. They try to snort stuff. They try, to, they try it in relationships. They try to drink it away. They try to play it away. They try to do whatever they got to do. But the Bible says nothing satisfies like hearing from God. I want to encourage you today, if you're unsatisfied, if you feel like you are restless, could it be what you're missing is not a new relationship or a fling or a promotion or something new in your driveway? Could it be you're missing hearing God's voice? It satisfies like nothing else. One word from God will fill you in a way no, uh, no buffet ever will. You were made for divine connection and divine direction. Let me say that again. You were made for divine direction and divine connection. No matter who you are today, I let you know God wants to connect with you. That's why we do this. This is not for the elite or the few. God wants to connect with you. You were made for it. We've been looking at how God speaks. We talk about how God speaks in whispers. He often speaks to us softly. Sometimes that happens in dreams. I don't have time today to tell you about the dreams God's given me. And sometimes it's bad pizza. Sometimes it's too much Advil. Come on, somebody. But sometimes God has spoken to me. You think, well, that's scripture. God spoke to Joseph through a dream, spoke through Solomon through a dream. God will speak through dreams or visions, maybe even through circumstances. God uses all things. They can work together for those that love him. And God can use a rough time to get a word to you. God will speak softly through things. I believe in the word of God, but to say God only speaks through the word of God is to deny the God that the word talks about. You read your Bible, it's all about God showing up and talking to ordinary people, people in their shame, people in their sin, and people that are chasing him and doing well. And God speaks to people, and this records it. We believe God speaks today, not just through his word, but through dreams and visions and through people and through inspiration. 
And through circumstances, we also talked about community and about serving. Today, I want to focus on, on hearing God's voice. And I hope there's a hunger in your life to hear from God. This is not about following a church or a pastor or a team. It's bigger than that. We're not trying to build a fan club. We're trying to build a church. And a church follows one, and that's Jesus Christ. And to hear his voice. Today we want to talk about talking about how you can hear God through his word. Through his word. You ever read someone's text on your phone and you hear it through their voice? Am I the only one that does that? Like, I, I hear your voice when you text me. If you're sarcastic, I hear it sarcastic. If you've got a southern draw, I hear it with a southern draw. If, if you're a new feet, well, then I use translator on Google to figure out what you're saying. <laughs> but am I the only one when someone texts you, you read it like they're saying it? I, I'll get a text once in a while. Like, if I got a text that said, you're an idiot, which hard to believe it happens quite often. If I got it from my best friend, one of my best friends, Travis, who's on our load team in Innova Kids, if he texts it, what he's saying is, you're hilarious. Dude, what am I going to do with you? Dude, you're an idiot. If he texts me that. If my sister texts I'm an idiot, she's saying you're an idiot. You know, <laughs> it, It's funny how it changes depending on who writes it. You read the text and you hear their voice. You know, the word of God actually works in reverse. I believe if you read the word of God enough, you'll actually learn to hear what he sounds like. You'll hear his tone. You'll hear his character. You'll hear, I believe you read this enough. So many people are going, I think God said I need to move away. Or God said I'm supposed to marry that person. Or God said I'm going to take that job. And I'm like, I don't know. There's two people you can never talk to. Someone in love and someone who's heard from God. It's like the trump card. Listen, I don't know if that's wise. I don't think you should bet, sell your house, take all the money to the casino, bet it on black. I don't think that what God said. Like, all of a sudden you can't argue with that. I'm in love. I don't think that's love. You know, you can't argue with that. You know what I'm amazed is people want to say God said all the time. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But I've realized if you read his word, it's like reverse. If you read the text enough, when God speaks, you know what, that is God. Because I've been reading so much of what he said in here. It's the same tone. It's the same, it's the same character. It's the same actions. It's the same intent. It has the same result. And if you read this enough, when God whispers to your spirit, whether alone or through community, something inside you go, no, no, that sounds familiar. That's God. It's amazing. I, my wife will be hanging out with her friends once in a while. And, and we actually have the same friends. But once in a while, I'm not there. And, 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 and someone will steal her phone and text me something funny. And I'm like, that's not Nancy. It's her phone. It's, it's, people think it's her, but I can tell when someone else is using her phone to text why, trying to play a joke on me, because I know, because I've been around her enough, I can tell when it's not her. You know what? The, the confirmation you're looking for is found in the Word of God. We believe if you read this, you'll know his voice. If you're, if you're hungry about hearing God's voice, it starts and ends with the Word of God. We believe in the authority of the Bible today. We believe in it. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I'm going to camp here for a moment. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says this. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. The Bible doesn't pull no punches. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us what to do, to do what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip people to do every good thing work. Here's the truth today I want to encourage you with is this. As a follower of Christ, we believe the Bible is the final authority when it comes to matter of faith. We believe God speaks to people. We believe God speaks in community. But we believe the Bible is the final authority on matters of faith. If you want to hear God and his voice for your life, your family, we believe it starts and ends with the word of God. 
Here's, here's the challenge today. If I can be real today, the challenge is we live in a culture where tolerance has been elevated above truth. Is it okay to say that as a Canadian? It's considered wrong to say something is wrong, and we think that's wrong. We believe that the Bible is truth, and tolerance doesn't go above truth. Truth doesn't change. Trends change. Cultures change. The Bible does not change. And in this country, we say, hey, if you say something is wrong, that's wrong. And we believe, according to the Bible, that that's wrong. But here's where we're at today. Because God loves people. We believe in a partnership of grace and truth. See, grace says, I will love you no matter what. No matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, who you've been with, what you said. I will love you no matter what. Truth says, I'll show you what's wrong with your life. Grace says, I will love you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been. I'll love you no matter, you can't go far enough, you can't go deep enough, you cannot escape the love of God. Grace says, no matter what you've done, oh, I love that. But truth says, listen, there's a standard, and I'm going to show you what it is. And when you don't line up, I'm going to expose it and show you and help you. And we believe that this faith and this word is a marriage between truth and grace. It's a marriage. You can't have one without the other. If you have truth without grace, grace, it's harsh. And some churches get this wrong. Some marches get this wrong. And all they're like, hey, you got to know the truth. Truth without grace is harsh. It's still the goodness of God that draws people to his presence. The right thing said the wrong way is still wrong. I'm just going to be honest today. I can have a problem in my marriage. Maybe, maybe my, you know, I'll make it real personal. Maybe I'm not doing enough around the house. Maybe I'm not helping my wife or something. And she can yell at me. And it might be right, but if she says it the wrong way, it's wrong. If I'm going to bring something up in my marriage, how many know I'm going to start with picking up my weight around the house? Maybe bring some flowers in. Maybe just maybe complimenting. Why? Because tone is everything. Truth without grace repels people. And some of us go, I'm just going to tell the truth. You're going to tell the truth and be alone. You're going to tell the truth and not help nobody. The Bible, God didn't send a condemner. If he did, it would have condemned us. He sent the Savior because he wants to save us. It's truth wrapped in grace. Truth without grace is harsh. Grace without truth is wasted. If you have grace without truth, love you as you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It's not grace. It's sloppy. It's wasteful. Because grace only makes sense how good God is that he'll love you no matter what you've done in respect to how much you've messed up. The Bible says, as you, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. You only know that grace abounds if you know there's right and wrong. You, don't, you can only receive grace if you know there's sin. Otherwise, it's Bernie. I love you. You love me. We're one big happy family. We got dinosaurs and, 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 and coloring, and that's fine. But in my life, in my pain, in my shame, I need someone to show me, listen, this is a standard. This is where you need to be. And then rush in and go, and I forgive you, I'll help you, and I'll lift you higher. Grace and truth combined. That's the word of God today. And what's popular is seldom right, and what's right is seldom popular. Do you remember I read that? I read that at City Hall. And one of the counselor's desk, right behind his desk where they vote on things. I was in a prayer meeting one time there, and this counselor, I don't know who it was, had that written above his desk. What is right is seldom popular, and what is popular is seldom right. We believe in the word of God today. The goal isn't to read your Bible. Somebody like, if I just read three chapters of the old and one of the new, if I can just get through the Bible in a year. The goal isn't to read your Bible. Please don't miss this. The goal is for your Bible to read you. 
That's the goal today. If you just go, I'm new to this, man. I'm just new to the faith. It's not how much of the Bible can you read. It's how much of the Bible can read you. If you've been in this a long time, go, man, I do my devotions, and I read a lot, two chapters a day. Awesome. But the goal isn't to get through a chapter. The, the, the goal is to get a chapter through you. The goal isn't to get you to heaven. The, he, the goal is to get heaven into you. And I believe that you let this Bible read you. It's a mirror. It'll show you grace and truth going, hey, I don't think you're quite where you need to be, but let me show you some strength and some power and some forgiveness and some help. And you're not on your own. There's some God power. We believe the Bible reads you. Isaiah 55, 8 and 11 in the message version says this, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They will do a work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. Another version says, his word will not return void. That means the word of God cannot come back empty. That's so encouraging to say. Some of you are investments going, is there going to be good investment? Bitcoin? I don't even know. Invest in Apple? Yeah, 20 years ago would have been a great time to jump in. I want some return on my investment. I want to let you know there is a return when you invest in hearing and reading God's word in your life. It's a great investment. The Bible says it's impossible to come back with no return. It's impossible to come back negative. It always brings growth. It always brings change. And it always brings life. Today I want to focus on these next few minutes of what does hearing God's word produce. Because if you're going to hear God's voice, I want to encourage you today to elevate the priority of God's word in your life. Thank God for a podcast. But a podcast by itself won't return with life. That's why every, verse, every time I preach, whenever someone preaches on this stage, they'll always read their Bible. It won't be Dr. Phil or Oprah or Tony Robbins or some motivational chicken soup for the church's soul. It'll be the Bible. Why? Because we believe if the, even the preaching isn't good, the word is. And the Bible will not return void. Can I encourage you to read your Bible? We're going to elevate it in this church as we build this thing and grow this thing as this newborn of a church grows. Prayer is important, and reading the word of God is important. What are some things the Bible produces today? Romans 10, 17. We're going to read some scripture today. Romans 10, 17. You'll see it on the big iPad behind me. It says this. So faith comes from, I'm going to say it again. So faith comes from and hearing from the word of Christ, the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word. What do you get? What produces when you read the word of God? You get faith. Some of you are struggling with doubt and unbelief. What's the difference? Doubt is, is, is when you're like, I don't know what to believe, and I'm struggling. Unbelief is when you have all the information, you go, I choose not to believe. And some of you are dealing with doubt. You know, it's okay to doubt. The Bible says, I believe, but help my, help my unbelief, help my doubts today. People think Christians don't have doubts. I have doubts all the time in my abilities and God's calling and what God said. Doubts is a part of it. But my Bible says when you read his word, faith starts to build in your life. It says, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The faith you need for your plan, for, for, for God's assignment on your life, for your relationships. Listen, when you read the word of God, something builds inside of you. Strength, but also relationship with God. Listen, it'll build your faith. It'll build your relationship. If some of you feel like God is distant, maybe it's as simple as opening the word of God and say, Word of God, read me today. You don't read a whole chapter and just try to read it. I read until something jumps out and either convicts me or inspires me. And I'll stop there and say, God, talk to me today through that passage. Could it be that through the word of God, it'll build your faith today? Some of you go into 2018, you feel anemic and weak, and you hit the gym physically. But could it be if we read the word of God, all of a sudden our faith will be on steroids and growth today. All of a sudden your faith will get stronger. All of a sudden the dreams and the visions and the plan that God has for your life will increase by reading his word. It won't come back void. It'll build faith 
today. What else does it build? Psalm 119, verse 11. I have stored up in your, your word in my heart, the psalmist writes, that I might not sin against you. I have put your word in my heart when I don't need it, so it's there when I do need it. I've stored it up in my heart so I won't sin against you. Listen, you get strong today. When you read the word of God, when you hear him speaking through his word, you actually get strong in your purity and in your character. Maybe some of you walk in here on a Sunday morning and you're thinking about what you did last night. And some of you are like, man, I I, I just, my life on Sunday looks different than my life on Saturday. I want to let you know you belong here. But God's best is not for him just to be in your life on a Sunday morning, but to him to be through your week. And maybe you haven't had enough control to stop swiping left or swiping right. Maybe you need to get your Bible and start turning left and turning right. And it says, the Bible says if you put his word in your heart, it'll help your purity and your character. So many people, I just need more willpower. I just need more willpower. I need to block that number on my phone. Yes, you do. I need to delete that, delete that, that weird dating profile. Yes, you do. Come on, somebody. I need to maybe just remove myself from that atmosphere. That's going to help. But there's something bigger than willpower. It's God power. See, willpower and, and self-confidence is only so good. Self-confidence can be rocked by loss of hair, acne, loss of job, someone walking into your life. You can feel like a million bucks. And all of a sudden, something can shatter your self-confidence. But God-confidence comes from knowing you're right with God. He speaks to your life, and it can help you in all areas. Can I encourage you today? It'll get you stronger. It'll get you stronger. Some of you are like, I'm struggling with some sin in my life. Could it be as simple as trying to get his word to read you on a consistent basis? If you store it in your heart, the strength will be there when you need it. When you get that, when you get that, when you get that, that, that text late at night, when you get that call, when you get that opportunity to have, a, to have a, 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 a frustrating moment, an angry moment, when you get that moment where you feel like you're weak in a habit or a thought or, or an action, could it be if you store it up in your heart now, it'll build character and strength in your life? The Bible says it'll make you strong. Psalm 119, verse 42, it says, Then I can answer those who taunt me. I trust in your word. Do not snatch your word of truth from me, for your regulations, your commandments are my only hope. Oh, I like that. I can answer those who taunt me, for I trust in your word. You know what it does, the word produces? You get some boldness. You get some boldness in your life. I want to encourage you to say, some of you are sitting there going, man, I feel too timid. I feel so weak. I, I feel like I'm, a, I'm an introvert. I don't have any boldness in my life. You'll see the point. I believe it comes up behind me. You can get boldness today by reading the word of God. The word of God produces boldness. I believe as a church, we are not being silent. We're not being quiet. We are bold. This is our city. There are other churches. This is their city. We believe this, is the, the, this city believe, belongs to the church of God. And we are one of those churches. But we are not backing down. We are not hiding. We're not trying to hide in a theater on Sunday morning. We are bold. Why? Because his word is in our heart. And if people taunt us or criticize us or ignore us, we have a boldness that we can answer confidently because if God is with us, who can be against this? Some of you need some boldness in your life to lead your family. Husbands, you need some boldness in your life. And your, your, your past history is not enough to give you confidence in your marriage, but a word of God and submitting yourself to his plan and his word. Uh, listen, there will be a boldness in your life. I can lead my family best when I'm being led by God. Oh, come on, boldness in my life. What else does it give you? Psalm 119, 105, your word, it was mentioned today, is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. You know what else it gives you? It gives you direction. You get direction when you read the word of God. 
I think it's fascinating that the scripture doesn't say that it's a, it, it, it's a lighthouse. It doesn't say that it's this, this, you can see a mile down the road. Lamps and lights only work one step at a time. I believe God does it on, intentionally so that we're dependent on him. Sometimes my kids will go out hiking or we'll go somewhere and they want to run ahead. I remember I'd be in the mall sometimes and they'd run ahead through Walmart and I'd just hide behind an aisle. And they get so confident, three, four years of age, running around, and all of a sudden they realize dad wasn't with them. They run back. I believe sometimes God only shows us the next step because he wants us to depend on his voice and his word. But can I encourage you, if you're looking for direction, get in the word of God because you'll know his voice. And when he speaks through a whisper or someone else, you'll go, that's God. It says his word is direction. It's, it's light and it's a lamp. And in the middle of a dark world with missteps, you can know the voice of God. We need direction. You need it for your business, for your family, for your life. It's found in the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says it this. For the word of God is alive and powerful. Oh, it's not boring and dead. It's alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, which is Bible language goes, it gets into the nitty-gritty, into the dark places. It gets into the most hidden parts of your heart, your intention, and your mind. And it says it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You know what else the Bible does? You get convicted. You get convicted. Now, we don't like that word, especially, you know, you can't tell me, you're not the boss of me. You know, you don't tell me, you, you do what's good for you, I'll do me. You do you, I'll do me. The Bible says it convicts us. Here's the thing you need to know about conviction. It never pushes you lower, it always brings you higher. So many times we're guilty in the faith community of condemning people, going, if you live that way, if you talk that way, if you do that stuff, you can't come in here, and God is judging you. The Bible's not a book of judgment, it's of conviction. And conviction always says there's a higher way to go. Jesus always looks at people and says, no, 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 you're not doing right. I see more in you. I see gold in you. I see value in you. I see what you could be. Come on, get out of your mud. Get out of your shame. Get out of your pain. Come higher. Conviction is always the goal to bring you higher, not push you lower. When I read this word, I'll get convicted in my attitudes or my thoughts or my actions. And I don't walk away going, I can't do it. I'm done. I'm just thrown in the towel. I'm done with this thing. It always like, no, no, I feel God. I feel heaven cheer me on. Go, no, no, confess your sin. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for my help. You're going to get some courage today. You're going to get some boldness today. You're going to get some strength today. I can bring you to another level. Listen, the word of God convicts. If you wait for media to convict you, you're going to wait a long time. If you wait for TMZ to convict you, you're going to be a long time. If you wait for your neighbor or your friends, because people's morals change with the tide. We need something that's truth, that's a standard, that never changes. And the word of God says sin is sin. The Bible says there's right and there's wrong. There is no middle ground. But he always offers us a hand up, not a boot down. Can I encourage you to say, when you read the word of God, it convicts me. It's like those bumpers in bowling. Anybody ever use those? You go bowling, you put those things in the gutters, those bumpers, right? I love those. I shoot an awesome score whenever I use those. The word of God is a bumper. You're getting offline, it bumps you back in the middle. You're going down a little further, starting to get an attitude, it bumps you towards the middle. You're going a little further, a little tempted to mess up, it bumps you in the middle. The word of God convicts you to keep you on the straight and narrow for God has for your life. Oh, the word of God does that. Jeremiah 15, 16. When I discovered your words, I devoured them like a hungry man on a Christmas ham. I added that part, but it's, that's what that means. I devoured them. They are my joy. They are my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord, God of heaven's armies. You know what else you get when you read God's word? You get joy. All right, I'm going to call all my church kids right now. You ready for this? I got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. 
See, some of you are like, I knew it was a cult. Now you know. <laughs> How'd they know, right? We grew up with that song in church. If the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on a tack. <laughs> okay, there are my good Pentecostal kids right there. Awesome. Hallelujah. I don't get time this morning, but the joy of the Lord. Listen, I believe our world is chasing joy, aren't they? Chasing that next feeling. Listen, the Bible says when you read his word, it produces, when you devour his words, when you understand God's plan for your life, it creates a joy that no drug or relationship can give you. I've said it before, but we confuse joy and happiness. Happiness, we have a world, God did not die or live or make you, and his goal was not to make you happy. He's not. He doesn't mind you being happy, but that's not the goal. It's to make you holy. And sometimes holiness comes at the contrary to our happiness. Joy is different than happiness. Joy, listen, happiness is based on external circumstances. Jo I can have happiness if I get a new car, if it's not snowing, if it's not minus a billion in Nova Scotia. Come on, somebody. I, I get happy if the Eagles win and the Patriots lose. Come on, in Jesus' name. Anybody but Brady, come on. I can get happy... <laughs> I can get happy if I got money for Starbucks and not Tim Hortons. Happiness is always based on external circumstances. Joy is bigger than that. And we got a world that it's, it's never Monday fun day. It's all the, if Mondays were a shoe, they'd be Crocs. You know what I'm saying? Like, like oh, the Monday blues and, oh, I can't live in for the weekend. And we, we live based on circumstances. Oh, work's bringing me down. The weekend's bringing me up. And emotions are important, and God will speak through emotions. He's given us emotions. But joy is bigger than that. And so many people are settling for happiness, and when they don't feel it in their marriage, they find someone new. If they don't find it in their job, they find something new. If they don't find it in their possessions, they go into debt to buy something new. Because happiness is never satisfied. But the Bible says joy is something different. Joy is based on an internal relationship, knowing you and God are right, that you are connected to him, and you can have joy in the middle of hell. The Bible says Jesus was about to die on the cross, and it says for the, for, the, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You know what that joy was? It was your face and my face and your sin and your dreams and your pain and your talents, and God knew us, and that joy propelled him through pain. Some of you need more than happiness. You need some joy in your life. And maybe it's not found in a new purchase, but maybe it's found in hearing God's word. The Bible says it produces joy. I need some more joy in my life. Coffee makes me happy. But Jesus gives me joy. There's a joy that's available today. Could, could it be that what you're missing isn't another conference? It's not another book. But what you've been given, maybe just getting and say, God, word of God, read me today. Speak into my life. It says, the Bible says it produces joy. God wants to speak into your situation today. He will use his word. Today the Bible also says this. It says, whoever. Look at your neighbor and say, whoever. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. My friend, I'm overwhelmed with this thought that there are people within, within the eyesight of this building that today they need a miracle from God. I was in the hospital this week visiting, visiting one of our, some of our people, our prisoners. Ruby and Nash. The little boy, Anna, was born October 7th, three months premature. I don't know them. I don't know a lot of you, and we're getting to know each other, and they email something, and I email back, hey, would you want us to come and pray? And they're like, we would love that. I go in to this hospital, this little boy, 
three weeks in, 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 in the NICU unit and fighting for his life, multiple surgeries, and now doctors are, they won't use this word, but everything but the word miracle. They're like, it's, it's amazing what's happening. We've never seen this before. This shouldn't happen. And like, it's a miracle. They won't say the word miracle. Then they got to write it down somewhere. And I go into this room and they're like, take off your coat, take off your watches. You got to scrub in. I'm like, man, what am I about to walk into? And I walked into the most joy-filled moment. Me and my wife and our family, we're going through some health stuff and we're good, but it's been tough. And so I just need, maybe I need a break. Maybe I need to binge something new on Netflix. I, I just, I need to go for a drive. I need some more coffee. And all of a sudden I'm in there and joy hit me in a way it hasn't hit me in weeks. Because the Bible says he sticks closer than a brother, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I see these parents have called out to God. And there's this miracle happening and the joy. She's like, yeah, and I finished Next Steps class too. I'm like, you did what? You got a baby in intensive care? She was, yeah, and I finished all four Next Steps. I'm like, high five, girl. She's like, five two, so it was like, high five, girl, you know. <laughs> the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord. Today, if you're far from God, you're like, I don't know God. Hear him from God, I don't even know God. But something inside your heart going, I know there's more than just this. There's more than just getting education, getting a job, getting married, dying, and that's it. You know there's more. The Bible calls it eternity, it calls it heaven. It means that the, the unseen spiritual world that God made you, formed you with a purpose on your life. And the same God that made you is the God that wants to know you. And the Bible says, whoever, you're like, I don't know, I don't believe what you believe. I don't live with, like you live. I don't love who you love. I, I don't do what you do. The Bible says, whoever, whoever, different races, different faces, no matter what your place is, God says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You, know, you get God, I surrender. That's what lordship means, I surrender. You take over my life. Today I want to pray for you. And I want to challenge you as a church with every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment. We're so glad you came to church today. But more than coming to church, could it be that you could start a journey today? You're not joining a church, but you're connecting with a God that wants to get joy into your life, get some boldness into your life, get some health into your life, get some strength into your life. Get some confidence. Get some forgiveness. Oh, he wants to help you today. If that's you, you say, Mike, I don't know God. Or maybe you walked away from God. You, you grew up in this. You were in this, but you know you've walked away. And today, you want to hear God. You want to know God. You want to start that relationship. On the count of three, I'm going to get you to put your hand up and put it right back down. That's it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, it's just you and God. If that's you, you're going to slide your hand right up. I'm going to see it. Put it right back down. That's all we're going to do. You ready? I see that hand. One somebody in this room today it's the greatest decision you can make two the word of God says whoever you're a whoever I'm a whoever if you don't know God today one two three if that's you slide your hand up all over this place and put it right back down I see that hand I see that hand one more time we'll do it one more moment one more moment one more moment all right put your hands down can we stand to our feet today all of us together everybody in the room I'm going to pray a prayer if you put your hand up today can I encourage you to fill out this card and just check that box. I'm committing my life to Christ and throw it in the box at the back. Why? So we can email you. That's what we do around here. We believe in email and email. Email is we pray. Email is <clears throat> invented by Al Gore. Okay. We just want to email you. But we're going to pray and believe a, a miracle is going to happen. You ready? All over this place. Can we bow our heads today? Can we pray together? Father, I thank you for today. God, I'm thankful that you still speak. God, in all the voices government, media, 
even preachers and teachers and people that mean well or some that mean harm, that there's one voice, God, that we seek above all others. It's your voice. That God, if you're the God that made us, you're the God that can help us and save us. God, we are a church that wants direction. We don't want secondhand spirituality, basing it off a podcast or even a preacher. God, we're thankful for community, but we need to hear from you. God, I pray for those today that put their hand up saying they want to know you today. God, I pray right now you would rush in with grace and truth. Father, they would realize the truth is they've done life on their own. The truth is they've messed it up. The truth is they're not strong enough or smart enough. But the grace is, God, that you are rushing in right now to forgive, to heal, to wrap your arms around and say, I want to start a relationship with you. God, right now we pray you forgive us for our sin. Jesus, take control of our life. We follow you in the name of Jesus Christ. And someone said, come on, can we give a round of applause today? We're going to sing this song. Here's the challenge for us today as a church. The B-I-B-L-E is good enough for me. That's the book for me. We're going to elevate God's word today. When you walk out today, after we're done this song, we're going to worship one more time. We did a seven-day devotional. We took it from a, a woman, a pastor named Amy Grishel out of Oklahoma, and we just put our logo on it because it's that good. And on the inside, it says how you can hear God's voice through his word. It's seven days. It's simple. Real simple. When you walk out today, can I challenge you as a church to go through this? It's just one step to elevate God's word in your life. What if we take the time to put into his word, his word will put into us. For those that are digitally minded, even right now, there's an email with the online link in your phone right now, on your iPad right now. That link's in your phone. If you're on our email list, if you're not, fill out the connect card. And the version link will come up in your Bible. It'll come up on your phone. You can follow us along. But for those of us like paper, when you walk out today, pick up one of these. Let's go through this this week and believe God will speak to us. Amen. Come on, let's worship together. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you're a good God that speaks. In Jesus' name, amen.